Wilson opened this morning to Matthew 28 this morning. Matthew 28. I'm going to read uh, six verses, uh, a portion of the sixth verse, and I want you to read that sixth verse with me when I get to it. And uh, I'll tell you when and tell you where to read to in that sixth verse. Well, I've been praying all week, God, don't let us have a dead service with a living Christ. And, uh, amen. And uh, don't let us have dead singing with a live Christ. Don't let us have dead preaching with a living Savior. Matthew 28, verse 1, the Bible said, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the Mary to see the sepulcher. Behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. And his countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. I want you to read the next eight, ver- eight words with me if you will. You will read to the comma there. You ready? He is not here, for He is risen. Thank you. You may be seated. Our Father, oh, thank You, Lord, for what You've already done this morning. Lord, with the lives we live and the thoughts we think, the places we go, Lord, I'm surprised You can do anything around a church house. But Lord, I thank You for Your grace and Your mercy. And I'm glad, Lord, that You look down upon us as poor, fallen sinners that have been redeemed by the redeeming grace of God. But I'm glad you still remember, Lord, that we're, we're sinners. Some of us are saved sinners and others are still lost sinners. And God, we ask you today to, again, we pray for that resurrection power to show up today throughout the service. And we pray that those that, Lord, didn't get saved in the first part of the service, that the Holy Ghost would... So get a hold of their heart through all the last part of the service that they'd come and trust the Lord as our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you were to go to D.R. Moody's grave and look on his tombstone, you'd find this epitaph, He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. If you were to go to Lindale, Texas and look at the grave of Leonard Ravenhill, and you were to go down there and look at it, it would have this epitaph inscribed upon it. Uh, Is what you're living for today worth Christ dying for? Is what you're living for today worth Christ dying for? I have been to the grave of Ruth Bell Graham when I was preaching revival over in North Carolina. and They asked me if I wanted to go to the Biltmore House or if I wanted to go to... Billy Graham, and I said, well, I'll go to Billy Graham, better than Bitmore House. And so we went there, and we walked up. Uh, Ruth, Ruth Graham is buried right there at the entrance there. And, uh, and a, her epitaph wrote upon her uh, marker there, says, construction zone now ended. Thank you for your patience. Uh, uh, but the greatest epitaph of all time uh, is right here. You just read it. Uh, eight words that an angel said. You see, an epitaph is something uh, uh, said after a person dies uh, or something inscribed upon a uh, marker where a person's laid. Uh, uh, that's an epitaph. Uh, 
And the angel, this wasn't a man that said this, this was an angel that said this. Uh, and the angel said eight words there. Uh, the angel said there, he is not here for he uh, uh, is risen. Eight words. Uh, eight in the Bible is the number of new beginnings. Uh, and I'm telling you on that Easter morning, uh, that resurrection morning, I'm telling you there was a new beginning. Amen. Uh, uh, Something begin to happen that ain't never happened before. Uh, uh, something begin to move like ain't never moved before. Uh, uh, there became a power seen uh, uh, like no power that was ever seen before. Uh, I want to preach to you this morning on an Easter epitaph. Uh, an Easter epitaph. Uh, the Bible said he's not here. Uh, for he is risen. I want to give you that, uh, if I can, under three headings this morning uh, on this Easter path. Uh, and the first thing I want to say about that phrase, uh, he is not here for he uh, is risen. Uh, now the first part of that's not all that strange. Uh, uh, we've all said it down at the funeral home uh, or over at the cemetery uh, uh, trying to console and trying to comfort somebody grieving over the loss of a loved one and we've said uh, uh, they're not here uh, uh, they're not here only their body's here uh, uh, but their spirit is going to be with the Lord uh, and uh, many times uh, we have all said that word uh, uh, they're not here uh, I've told people that over 40 years of ministering trying to comfort their hearts at a uh, grave or at the funeral home uh, I've said they're not here uh, uh, that's just the shell where they lived uh, uh, that's just the empty body uh, uh, because the spirit has moved out. Amen. Uh, uh, but that last part, uh, that last part, uh, uh, we ain't said that. Uh, uh, he said he ain't here uh, uh, for he is risen. Amen. Uh, uh, you see, every dead person you and I have ever took to the cemetery, uh, uh, their bodies are still there. Amen. Uh, uh, they have not risen. Uh, uh, but we look here at this great truth today in the Word of God. Uh, I want to say this concerning that statement. Uh, he is not here for he uh, uh, is risen. Uh, I want us to look at how that affects the church. Uh, uh, how that concerns the church this morning. Uh, you see this morning uh, uh, there is uh, uh, only, there is only uh, three uh, uh, foundational basic truths uh, uh, that the church is really built upon. Uh, uh, of course, that we are Bible believers. We believe the Word of God. Uh, and so our truths are based upon the Word of God. Uh, uh, but there's three truths uh, uh, this morning uh, uh, and how that this statement affects the church. Uh, uh, first of all, let me say... Uh, uh, that we all know uh, uh, that we had to have his birth. Amen. Uh, uh, he had to be born. Uh, Isaiah, the old silver-tongued prophet, uh, uh, he looked down through the telescope of prophetic time. Uh, and in Isaiah 7 and verse 14, uh, he said, A virgin shall conceive uh, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name. Emmanuel. Uh, you see, first of all, uh, uh, the church rests upon the fact uh, that Jesus uh, was born of a virgin. Uh, uh, some say it don't matter. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, it had to be that way. It, it's matters of all matters. Uh, 
uh, that he had to be born of a virgin. Uh, if he wasn't born of a virgin, uh, he would be no different than you and me. Uh, his blood would be the same as Adam's blood that flowed down to you and me. Uh, he had to be born uh, of a virgin. Uh, the Bible you say, preacher, I don't understand that. Nobody does. Uh, uh, the Bible said in 1 Timothy 3 and 16, uh, uh, without controversy, uh, great is the mystery of godliness, uh, how that God was manifested in the flesh, uh, uh, justified in the spirit, uh, seen of angels, uh, preached unto the Gentiles, uh, and believed on up in the world. Uh, amen. Uh, uh, yes, sir. Uh, uh, you and I, the church itself, rest upon uh, uh, that foundation that Jesus uh, uh, was born of a virgin. Amen. Uh, and then there's the very heart of the gospel there. Uh, the Bible said he died. Uh, uh, well, if he lived, uh, uh, if he only lived, uh, uh, that wouldn't have been enough. Uh, uh, he lived a perfect life for 33 years. Uh, uh, he never got mad when he oughtn't to. He never spoke a word when he shouldn't have. Uh, he never had a desire that he couldn't overcome fulfill. Uh, uh, I mean he lived a perfect life uh, uh, for 33 years. Uh, he taught great lessons. He preached great sermons. Uh, he did tremendous miracles. Uh, uh, but if all he did was born uh, and lived, uh, uh, that wouldn't do it. Amen. Uh, uh, that wouldn't do that. He had to live a perfect life. Uh, uh, he had to die for us. Uh, Romans 5 and 6 says, uh, When we were without strength in due time, uh, Christ died for the ungodly. Uh, scarcely would a righteous man die for some peradventure. Uh, a righteous man would die for some but Christ uh, died for us while we were yet sinners. Uh, Christ died for us. Uh, that's a great foundational truth. Uh, born of a virgin. Uh, a great foundational truth. Christ died for us. First uh, Peter 2 and 24 says, uh, uh, He in his own body bore our sins uh, upon the tree. Amen. Uh, he had to die. Well, he did die. We know he died. Uh, uh, the Bible records it. History records it. Uh, historians of that day recorded, amen. Uh, uh, but if all he did was born of a virgin, uh, if all he did was live a life uh, and then die at the end of that life, uh, uh, that wouldn't have done it. Uh, uh, but you see, the foundational truth of it all uh, is what this verse says, he is not here uh, for he is risen. Man, uh, it all rests upon that. Uh, uh, if he ain't risen from the dead, uh, uh, he's no more different than Muhammad that Brother Caleb just talked about. Uh, he's no different than uh, communist leaders uh, uh, under glass somewhere. Uh, but the Bible says here, the angel said, he is not here, uh, uh, for he is risen. Uh, uh, Alfred Ackley Alfred Ackley, that name probably don't mean anything to you. Uh, uh, Alfred Ackley, but Alfred Ackley was the one uh, uh, that wrote the song, He Lives, uh, He Lives, Christ Jesus Lives Today. Uh, he walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. Uh, he lives, He lives. Uh, Alfred Ackley wrote the song. He was a Methodist minister 
uh, but he was also a professor at a college, a teacher at a college, uh, and one of his Jewish students uh, asked him one day after class, uh, he said, he said, Mr. Ackley, uh, why should I worship a dead Jew? Uh, why should I worship a dead Jew? That's what that Jew asked him. Uh, and it so caught him off guard. Uh, uh, it, so, uh, it so struck his heart uh, uh, that immediately he said, uh, he lives. Uh, he said, he's not a dead Jew. Uh, he said, I prove he lives uh, in my heart. Uh, he said, I can prove that he lives uh, in the testimonies of thousands of people that have been transformed uh, uh, by his life. Uh, his testimony was so sudden. Uh, his testimony was so powerful. His testimony was given with so much assurance uh, in the weeks and the months that followed uh, uh, that Jew found out he did live. Uh, and he got saved. Amen. Uh, I'm glad, thank God, that he lives today. Uh, uh, but how does that ether, Easter epitaph affect the church? Uh, uh, without the fact that he lives, uh, we have no church today. Uh, uh, we're no different than the Lions Club. Uh, uh, we're no different than any other social club that meets. Uh, uh, once a week uh, but thank God the church is a living organism uh, uh, it lives today the church has life uh, it has the resurrection life of Jesus Christ within it uh, and every saved person uh, has within it uh, uh, the resurrection power of Jesus amen uh, that's what raised us up when we were dead and in trespasses and sin amen He's not here, He's risen. Concerning the church, it's a must. But when we read the gospel accounts, all four of the gospel accounts, we understand that even though that He rose from the dead, that there was quick to be a cover-up. They wanted to cover it up. They wanted to say, He, uh, he doesn't live and they had several things about that that they uh, based that on. Amen. Uh, uh, you see, the devil, the devil could not confine him to the tomb. Amen. Uh, the devil couldn't stop him from coming up out of the tomb. Uh, no more than he can stop you from getting saved this morning. <laughs> I was preaching a revival, old story. Kelsey used to go to this church and I held meetings there. And one time during the invitation, the church was packed. And people almost standing, it was packed. When I finished that morning and give the invitation, God was there. You could sense God was there. And people were singing, but I could hear, and under that singing, I could hear somebody say, I want to get saved, but he ain't going to let me. I want to get saved, but he ain't going to let me. I, 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 people begin to move around. I'm looking, trying to see where that's coming from. I, and uh, finally this man stepped out, walked down the aisle, uh, and all the way down the aisle, uh, he said, I want to get saved, uh, but he ain't going to let me. I want to get saved, uh, but he ain't going to let me. Uh, uh, well, he got at the altar, and people began to come by, and I guess try to help him and try to talk to him. Uh, but he kept saying, uh, I, I want to get saved, but he won't let me. Uh, 
Finally, after they all cleared out, moved back, I, I went around there and I said, Son, I, I, what do you mean you want to get saved? I, but he won't let me. He said, I want to get saved. I, he said, but the devil won't let me. I, I said, Son, the devil ain't got much to do about it. I, I said, God's cast one vote for you. The devil's cast one vote against you and you're going to decide the ballot this morning. I, I said, if you want to get saved, I said, the devil can't do nothing about it. I, he prayed around there a few minutes and jumped up saved by the grace of God. I, I went back about ten years after that. I didn't even recognizing man come down the aisle with a baby in his arm coming by him. I, he said, you don't remember me, do you? I said, no, sir, I'm sorry I don't. I, I said, there's only one of me up there and it's easy for you to remember me because there's only one. I, but I said, there's, there's a lot of people back there. I can't remember them all. I, he said, maybe this will help you. I want to get saved, I, but he ain't going to let me. I, I said, I know who you are, sir. I, I, he said, he said I'm, a, I'm a Sunday school teacher now I think he said a deacon or something uh, uh, taking a great part uh, uh, in the church amen uh, but I'm glad this morning the devil could not stop Jesus uh, uh, from rising from the grave uh, uh, so if he couldn't confine him to the grave uh, uh, his next best move would be try to conceal it amen not to let nobody know did you know the Bible said over in 1 Corinthians 2, the Bible said, Paul wrote, We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world and our glory, which none of the princesses of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Can I tell you that God don't tell everything God ain't like some Baptist church members. He don't tell everything. Amen. You see, God has some secrets that He keeps only for God. Deuteronomy 29, verse 29, the Bible said the secret things, uh, uh, they belong to God. Uh, uh, God, he, he might have let out. Uh, he let out about Jesus being crucified. The devil knew that. Uh, uh, he wanted him to go to the cross. Uh, uh, he wanted him to die on that cross. Uh, uh, but I don't think the devil understood all about that resurrection business. Amen. Uh, if he had, he wouldn't want to crucify him. Uh, uh, he'd want to keep him alive uh, uh, if he understood all of that. Amen. Uh, I'm glad God keeps some things to himself. Uh, why he didn't even tell Paul or Peter? He didn't even tell Matthew or Mark or Luke. Why? God knows you can't trust a man. Uh, uh, he'll blab it every time somewhere or another under the right circumstances. Amen. Uh, and so God kept that between him uh, and the Holy Ghost uh, uh, and his son Jesus. Amen. Uh, uh, but the devil tried to cover it up. Uh, you say, what did he do? Well, first of all, he tried to pay off with hush money. You know what hush money is? That's when you count out some money to keep somebody from telling the truth. Amen. Hush money. You say, where's that at right there in your King James Bible? If you turn over one page in verse 12, the Bible said, And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large 
money unto the soldiers, saying, Say you, his disciples came by night, uh, and they stole him away while we slept. Amen. Uh, uh, can I tell you, for you to believe that uh, uh, would be harder to believe than the fact that he's not, he's not here, he's risen from the dead. Uh, you say, why is that? Well, I'll tell you why. If his disciples stole him away, amen. Uh, if his disciples got him and took him away somewhere, uh, uh, if they did that, uh, uh, why, why would they have done what they done uh, and lived the next 40 years uh, uh, testifying of that truth, preaching that truth, uh, uh, beaten, beheaded, stoned, uh, locked up, thrown in, boiling all, uh, if it was all a lie. In other words, uh, uh, if they had stolen his body away, uh, uh, they wouldn't go die for a lie. Well, as soon as they said, we're going to kill you, uh, uh, they'd say, wait a minute. They'd do like these uh, mass murder serial killers do. Uh, uh, they'll say, well, wait, I, I don't want to go electric chair. I'll take you where his body is, amen. Uh, uh, but you know, not one of them did that. Uh, uh, Chuck Colson, uh, uh, Chuck Colson, uh, uh, who was a uh, older people's name, uh, uh, Chuck Colson, he was a, a Nixon lawyer doing the Watergate scandal uh, and all of that. Uh, and uh, Chuck Colson, giving his testimony, he said he went to see a man uh, that owned a large factory and he was a lawyer for that factory as well. Uh, but he said, I didn't really go to see him, Brother Caleb, because of the business part. Uh, he said, I went to see him because I heard uh, uh, that he got saved. Uh, I heard that he had become a Christian. Uh, and he said he went over there uh, uh, to see that man. Uh, and he said there was such a change in that man. Uh, uh, he said he was so different. Uh, and he said uh, he witnessed to me that morning. Uh, and he said he got a C.L. Lewis book out. Uh, and he began to witness to him out of that C.S. Lewis book. Uh, and he said, uh, he said, C.L. Lewis in that book, he's got a chapter in there on pride. Uh, and he read him these words. Uh, pride is somebody uh, uh, that thinks everyone else is below them. Uh, pride is someone that looks down on everybody else. Uh, and he said they never find God. Uh, those are always down. Uh, uh, they never look up to find God. Uh, uh, Chuck Colson said he asked him to pray, if he could pray with him. And he said no. Uh, uh, and he left. Uh, he said I walked from there out into my car in the parking lot. Uh, he said I got in the car uh, and he said God had so convicted me. Uh, he, said there, he said I was weeping so hard I couldn't even drive the car. Uh, and he said God uh, uh, God have mercy on me. Uh, God save me. Uh, uh, Chuck Colson went to the prison. Uh, uh, he done some time there in prison. Uh, and while he was in there, he used his time to find to found uh, a foundational thing uh, uh, for prisoners to help prisoners find the Lord. Uh, he died at 80 years of age. Uh, uh, but he was Nixon's lawyer. They called him Nixon's hatchet man is what they called him. Uh, but here's what Chuck Colson said. Uh, he said, it's not hard for me uh, uh, to believe the story of the resurrection. Uh, he said, I know that it's absolutely true. Uh, and he said, here's why I know it's true. Uh, he said, 12 disciples. Uh, uh, 12 disciples. Uh, he said, they, 
uh, they knew of the resurrection. Those twelve disciples uh, over a period of 40 years, uh, he said they never one time changed their story. They went to their grave and never changed their story. Uh, he said, I was involved in Nixon's cabinet uh, with three of the most powerful men uh, uh, there was at that time. Uh, and he said, the three of us, uh, uh, we couldn't even keep a lie concealed and covered for three weeks. Uh, and he said, the disciples did it for 40 years. Uh, and he said, I know that the resurrection's true. Amen. Uh, praise God. Uh, they give them hush money. They said, don't tell nobody. So the disciples wouldn't have done it. If it was a lie, they wouldn't have done it. Then there was his enemies. You remember what Mary Magdalene said when she came to the tomb? She said, where have they taken my Lord? They. Meaning enemies. Meaning the, the unsaved crowd. Meaning the devil's people. She thought they had taken the body of the Lord. And she said, where have they taken my Lord? That won't work. Because if the enemies took it, when that thing started growing, all they had to do was bring out the body of Jesus uh, and say, look folks, uh, we've had that body all along. This ain't nothing but a hoax. Uh, and Christianity would have been over and all of that would have been history. Amen. Uh, the only other thing they say, they say, well, they were hallucinating. Because uh, several times during the crucifixion, people thought they'd seen things. Mary, looking at the Lord, she supposed Him to be the gardener. He appeared on the road of Emmaus, but they didn't know it was Him. And I know under great stri strife and grief and in times of death, I've even had people come to me and say, Brother Rick, please don't think I'm crazy. But my mother that died the other day, I, I think I'm hearing her voice. I, I still hear her voice. I, I've had people to tell me things like that. I, and uh, so they say, well, maybe they was just hallucinating is all they were doing. I, I, but I want you to know, I, I, she wasn't hallucinating. I, because uh, she says in Luke 24, 3, uh, they found not the body of Jesus. Uh, uh, they never found the body of Jesus till after He appeared unto them uh, uh, in a living form. Amen. Uh, and so I want to tell you this morning, uh, uh, that Easter epitaph, uh, uh, He's not here He's risen. I want to tell you, you can't cover that up. You want to know why you can't cover it up? You want to know? I'm going to tell you. You want to know? I'll tell you why you can't cover that up. Because Jesus said, I am the way and the truth. And the truth always comes out. Thank God. The truth always comes out. You can't keep it concealed. Glory. He's risen. He's not here. Well, the fact he's not here beckons the question, if he's not here, where is he? The enemies don't have him. His disciples don't have him. The tomb don't have him. Where is he? He's not here. He's risen. Amen. 
Now Solomon said, wise man Solomon, in his books of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon, the wise man said this, let us hear the conclusion of the matter. We've looked at this Easter epitaph as to how that it affected the church. It had to be. Had to be. We've looked at it as possible cover-up. There's no way. No way. Don't you know, don't you know them Jews that done dug up everything they is, dig up over there trying to find the body of Jesus? Oh, they'd love to find a body with nail prints in its hands and feet. They'd love to. I produce a body, but you know what? They've done dug up the whole country over there and they found nothing. 2,000 years. You know why? He's not here. He's risen from the dead. So we'll look at the conclusion of the thing. And uh, we see some things if if we believe what we read, I do. We believe what I heard, I do. There's a conclusion. What's it got to do with you and me? We know what it's got to do with the church. But when you come down to the conclusion of this thing, what have you done with it? That's the a, that's a question. You see, the Bible said in Romans 1 and 4, they declared He, Jesus, was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. You talking about power, boy. We ain't talking about touching somebody with oil on their forehead and getting rid of a sore throat. We ain't talking about some little old sickness thing. We're not talking about that. But let me tell you something. It takes power to raise a dead man. Next time one of these guys tells you they got the apostolic sign, say you got about five minutes. If you don't care, get in my car. We're going to drive over here to Municipal Cemetery. You don't have to raise them all. Just one. Just one. Takes power, boy. God's got it. The fact that He's not here, He's risen, that declares Him to be the Son of God. All kinds of people have died since Adam, but only one's done what He did. He said, you don't have power to take my life. I'll lay it down. And He said, if I lay it down, I'll raise it up. He said, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. Let me tell you something this morning, friend of mine. If you're here lost without God uh, and playing around without God, uh, I want to tell you He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Uh, I woke up this morning and the bird outside my window was singing this tune. Uh, He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Uh, 
I walked out in the bush beside my door. I, I was a blooming out and it was saying, He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. I, I looked up and the trees were budding leaves. I, I said, He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. I, I looked out back at the field of Easter flowers blooming uh, and they were saying, He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Amen. If he's alive, what are you doing sitting back there lost? Hey, look at me right now on the internet. If he's alive, if he got up, what are you doing sitting there? If he got up on Easter Sunday, why are you doing sitting at home today? Unless you're sick. You got COVID. He's alive. If he's alive, what are you doing sitting here arboring bitterness in your heart uh, and unforgiveness in your heart? Uh, uh, when he died on the cross, said, Father, forgive him. I know not what to do. Uh, if he's alive, uh, how can you claim a risen Savior rose from the dead? Uh, if he's alive, uh, how can you save the day? Uh, if he's alive, you can't forgive anybody. If he's alive, uh, if he's alive today, and he is... How can you leave this building with sin in your life? If He's alive, He is. He declared Him to be the Son of God. Amen. It defeated death. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 55 Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, but the strength of sin be in the law. But thanks be unto God who giveth us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Third day, death couldn't hold him. He broke away the hold and the chains. Up from the grave he arose like a mighty triumph over his foes. He's alive. He's alive. He's not here. He's risen. If he's risen, you ought to rise and come down here and get saved. Get right with God. Get what you need today. Listen, he defeated death on that third day. But if you read a little farther on there, you'll find out that he's coming a day when he's going to destroy death. The Bible says that. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. That's one funeral I want to go to. Amen. That's one place I want to be when he preaches the funeral of death. Amen. He defeated death. If, if he be risen from the dead, he's not here, he's risen. What does that epitaph say to us down here at the conclusion of this thing? Man, it, it, here's what it says. There's something after this. Yeah. Amen. Woo. How about that? 
people out there in the cemeteries. going to get up. There's coming a great waking up morning. Amen. Now listen. If he is risen, he's not here for he's risen. If that be the case this morning and it is, did you know in the gospel message, you know what the gospel message is? If you don't, you can turn over there in 1 Corinthians 15 and Paul will tell you what it is. He said Christ died. Well, if He died, He had to live. Christ died according to the Scriptures. I heard a preacher that must not have never read the Bible in his life. He said Christ could have died with a gunshot or hanging Himself. It didn't matter how He died. It didn't matter how He died. The Old Testament said they had pierced my hands and feet. Isaiah 53, I give an ideal account upon it, the very idea of somebody calling himself a preacher and saying it don't matter how he died. It's like saying it don't matter how he lived. Amen. You see, the Bible said he died. According to the Scripture. He was buried according to the Scripture. And on the third day, He arose. He arose according to the Scriptures. Amen. Do you know the sinner nugget, the sinner nugget of salvation, the plan of it? Romans 10 and verse 9. Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in thy heart that God hath raised Him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. You can't be saved if you don't believe He rose from the dead. You can't be saved because he is a good teacher. You can't be saved even because he was born of a virgin. You got to believe that God hath raised him from the dead. I believe that this morning. Amen. Many years ago, in the Battle of Waterloo, got some historians around here. They could probably tell you about that and remember that. Wilmington was fighting Napoleon. Napoleon was conquered the unknown world of that day. No newspapers, no radios. Nobody to get a message out. And so they, they used what they call semaphonics. And what that is is they would either take flags and they would signal things with flags or they would take their hands and they would make words with their hands. Back then there was no way to get a message through except through semaphonics. They knew the battle was taking place. They knew it was going to happen and so 
what they did was uh, they stationed a man on a ship and stationed a man on another ship uh, uh, far enough away they could still see the motions. Uh, and then one man, there was one man, uh, and he was there at the cathedral, Winchester Cathedral. Uh, and he was watching, and then he would tell the people uh, what was said. Uh, and so when the battle took place, a raging battle, uh, a fierce battle, but when it was over, the man stood up and he signaled, uh, and he signaled to one, uh, and he said, Wilmington, Wilmington, uh, he got the message and he signaled over to the cathedral and he said, Wilmington, Wilmington. Uh, and then uh, he got up and he signaled a second word, uh, uh, Wilmington defeated, Wilmington defeated. Uh, and he signaled over to the next ship, uh, Wilmington defeated. Uh, he signaled over to the uh, Winchester Cathedral, uh, Wilmington defeated, Wilmington defeated, uh, and a fog moved in, uh, and news spread all over all over England. Uh, uh, Wilmington has been defeated, uh, and a gloom fell across England. Uh, a darkness fell across England. Uh, but after three hours, uh, that fog lifted, uh, and the man was seen, uh, and he was saying, "Wilmington defeated Napoleon." Uh, I never Wilmington defeated Napoleon. I want to tell you, thank God, 2,000 years ago, they said Christ died. Christ died. And for three days, a fog moved in. But after that fog was lifted, it said He died. But He arose from the dead. Thank God. Woo! If I wouldn't shout a breath, I'd shout myself because y'all ain't going to. Y'all let a man preach that has a heart attack. Never grunt. Christ arose. Matthew 28, 6. The epitaph of Jesus. The greatest epitaph that ever has been written. You say it wasn't written. It's in your Bible, ain't it? The greatest epitaph that ever was spoken. He's not here. He's risen. I don't know what else I can say. I preached my heart out. I took the Bible and tried to show you He's not here. He's risen. He's risen. Why haven't you? Why haven't you? How can you go out these doors? How can you go out these doors like that? When He's risen. How can you go out these doors, get in your car, turn your key, and drive away lost? When He's risen. How can you leave knowing you're not right with God today? And knowing He's risen and you may meet Him before the day's over. Right. Right. Amen. Caleb, come on. Let's stand this morning. You may forget my text. My message, but don't forget my text. He's not here.
He's risen. Anybody go come thank him this morning for that? He wasn't there, but he's here. Page 379, 379.